Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, April 10th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so I hope everyone had a wonderful Easter weekend if you celebrate that. If not, I hope you had a wonderful Masters weekend. It was jam-packed as we've got seasons ending, majors starting. It was just a wonderful sports weekend. So let's go ahead and get started as we have baseball and the Rays are off to the best start in MLB in the last 20 years. Starting off 9-0, and they routed the A's on Saturday 11-0, and that wasn't the only game with a big win margin. They have actually outscored opponents by 57 runs since the start of the season. They are now tied with the best start ever with the 2003 Kansas City Royals with nine. They are the only team to win their first nine games by four runs or more since 1884 St. Louis Maroons did it for their first 13. They are obviously the only undefeated team left in the league. That's not the only thing we've learned about the MLB season so far, as the new MLB rules that were supposed to shorten game time apparently are working. Games are now down by 31 minutes so far this season. That is the shortest since 1984. Also, batting averages are up, and so are stolen bases have actually increased by 30%. There have been 125 pitch clock violations. The Mets are the team that has the most of those with 10. The Blue Jays' Matt Chapman has the highest batting average so far in the season with .475, but St. Louis is the top team with .294. Also, stolen bases average is now 1.3 per game so far this season. So, so far, the verdict is that the new rules are doing exactly what they wanted. Moving along to the NBA, as we had the final day of regular season yesterday on Sunday, this week we have the play-in games as well as first round begins on Saturday. So let's go over final standings for the NBA. In the East, the Bucks are conference champs, but the Celtics, the 76ers, the Cavaliers, the Knicks, and the Nets all are secured a playoff berth and in the bracket. The play-in teams are the Hawks, the Raptors, the Bulls, and the Heat. Then we move to the West. The Nuggets secured the championship in the West. The Grizzlies and the Kings secured their divisions. And then the Suns, the Clippers, and the Warriors each have a playoff berth. The play-in teams are the Timberwolves, the Lakers, the Pelicans, and the Thunder. That leaves the eliminated teams as, in the East, the Pacers, the Wizards, the Magic, the Hornets, and the Pistons. And in the West, the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Trailblazers, the Rockets, and the Spurs. So how this works is, and I'll go over this again in games to watch this upcoming week, but there's going to be a game between the 7th and 8th teams in the conference. Then if you win that game, you're in the bracket. 
if you are not in that game, if you lose that game, then you go on to play the winner of the ninth and 10th teams in the conference. They, if the, you lose that game, you're out. So if you're in the ninth and 10th, if you win, you go on to play the loser of seven and eight. That determines who gets in on that final seeded spot. And then you have to play the number one teams in the conferences. So again, I'll go over that when we get to games to watch as well. But the NBA is also investigating the Mavericks after they made the final decision to sit several key players in their Friday night game against the Bulls. That eliminated the team from the West play-in standings. Five key players were out due to injury, and Luka Doncic only played the first 12 minutes before sitting the entire rest of the game. The head coach said it was a call by Mark Cuban and the GM, but the NBA is not amused. The Timberwolves center Rudy Gobert is suspended after punching his own teammate, yes, you heard that correctly, Kyle Anderson, on Sunday. That means he will miss the play-in game against the Lakers. Oh, and forward Jaden McDaniels will also be out for that game after he punched a wall and fractured his third and fourth metacarpal after a win in New Orleans against the Pelicans. So that team just has issues with punching things, apparently. And it was a good season for the NBA overall as they set new records in total attendance, average attendance, and percentage of capacity as well as sellouts. So total attendance was up 109,900 people. And that record was set back in 2017-2018 season. And then sellouts, we had 31 more sellouts more sellouts in the previous record, which was the 2018-2019 season. So it was a good season for the NBA. Also, as the NBA comes to a close, we obviously came up with the final March Madness craziness that was all of March Madness. So the national championship was on Monday last week. So a week ago, I think the podcast came out literally in the middle of the game. And so March Madness was is finally over. And the final, frankly, not that crazy. It was a highly defensive game. And San Diego State had an 11 minute stretch without scoring a point. UConn was up by 12 at half, and although San Diego State brought it back to within five, UConn still won the game by 17. That means they won every game in the tournament by double digits to win their fifth NCAA title. They also were the only second team in ever in history to go preseason unranked to winning the entire thing. The last time that happened... Also, it was UConn back in 2011. And where was the Final Four in the championship that year? Houston. So cue the Twilight Zone music because that's really creepy. It was also just a good week for the state of Connecticut in general as Quinnipiac, the small private school in Connecticut, won the national championship in NCAA hockey for the first time in school history as well. They tied up the game late in the third period and then scored in overtime. We do have a little bit of college football news, and it's just sad because Simon Fraser is the only Canadian NCAA football program, and that school has now decided to drop their football program. Their record was 18 to 99 losses, and they failed to win a game in the last six seasons. So not too surprising, but it is still a little disappointing. We have a little bit of NFL news as well as the draft is coming up at the end of this month. But we've got some crazy news. The Ravens have reached a one-year, $15 million guaranteed deal with wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. 
That is just a month after quarterback Lamar Jackson requested a trade from the Baltimore team. So we are truly getting spicy over there in Baltimore. Obviously, one of the main topics we have to cover from this past week is the Masters was this weekend. So that was the first of the four majors in the golf world. So despite multiple weather delays, we still did have a final round of the Masters on Easter Sunday. And Brooks Kepka, a.k.a. Mr. Major, came out hot with an opening round of 65. He was tied for first after game day one, and then a 67 to put himself in solo first by two. That being said, weather delays kind of went wreaked havoc on the entire weekend and so everybody was finishing at different times Brooks I believe managed to finish his first two rounds on time and then the third round got messed up he only got to play six holes on Saturday before the third round was called for the day but his lead had increased to four shots by then that was a different story, though, when he came back to play the final 25 holes of the tournament on Sunday. He gave two shots back by the end of the third round to John Rahm, who had just kind of been hanging around before that. Um, Brooks was also three over for the third round, but still leading by two. The other three times Brooks had been in the lead after 54 holes, he has gone on to win the major. But Brooks's putter frankly just went ice cold and he missed too many fairways he was five over overall after the restart of the third round so from those from that 25 um, holes forward in contrast John Rahm went three under in the same stretch and had himself a day with a final round of 69 to win his first green jacket and he won by four shots this is his second major overall also, Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka tied for second. Phil, at the age of 52, is the oldest golfer to finish top five in the Masters ever. And also, just an interesting note, I know um, I made myself pretty plain last week that I wanted Brooks to win. I also said watch out because he won the week before. So whenever he's feeling himself coming into a major week, it is terrifying for the other players. Um, Brooks is a former like I worked, I worked for the company that he um, is represented by, and it was so I was very much cheering for him as far as that goes. Scotty Scheffler the same way, so it would have been nice to see that agent and agent handoff between Brooks and Scotty, as well as it's interesting that this is the first really the big rivalry that we've had between the live and the PGA tour players. It was really not apparent during if you watched the masters, besides the fact that live tour players were not in featured groups until Brooks started leading. Um, that being said of the top seven players, which finished first tied for second and tied for fourth, three of those are live tour golfers. So kind of an interesting point there. Also, Tiger Woods withdrew after the third round due to a foot injury. He was in last place with a score of nine over through 43 holes. He would have had to play 28 more holes on Sunday and so instead withdrew with that foot injury. Also, a little bit of interesting news just again for, um, for Masters Week. During the Par 3 contest, which is on Wednesday, I'm sure you saw kids running around in, caddy, um, in the caddy garb and everything. But on Wednesday, during the Par 3 contest, Seamus Powers hit back-to-back hole-in-ones. 
This week, we also, because it is the final week of the NHL before we start playoffs, I also want to go over standings in hockey. So I do actually have a little bit of hockey news. And it is a record-setting year as the Bruins won 63 games. That is the most in NHL history ever set in the league. No other team this season is even over 50. (laughs) I think they might have gotten to 51 last night. The Bruins' last Stanley Cup was in 2011, so be on the watch for that. Other teams that have clinched playoff bursts are the Hurricanes, the Devils, the Rangers, Maple Leafs, and the Lightning in the East, the Golden Knights, the Oilers, the Avalanche, the Stars, the Wild, the Kings, and the Kraken in the West. Eliminated teams are the Senators, the Red Wings, the Capitals, the Flyers, the Canadians, and the Blue Jackets in the East, and in the West, the Blues, the Canucks, the Coyotes, the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Blackhawks. Now, not quite NHL news, but the World Hockey Championships are also underway, and Canada is 3-0, and and the United States had the fastest goal ever, scored in just seven seconds against Switzerland. Canada and the United States will play each other tonight to end group play in the World Hockey Championship. A little bit of Olympic news, pretty like three really quick stories. Russian and Belarusian athletes are not going to be in attendance at the swimming world championships. There will be a task force that will decide which athletes can return under a neutral flag, but that that is official officially come through that they will not be allowed to compete in the swimming world championships. Also, you will not be able to bet on the Boston Marathon after gambling regulators denied bets to be placed at the request of race organizers' concerns. So something to watch out for in the future that we know sports betting is becoming more and more popular. So far, not in the marathon racing community. And then finally, a World Cup fencing event in Poland has been canceled. The International Fencing Federation initially allowed Russian and Belarusian athletes to compete, but over 300 fencers signed a protest in a different World Cup event that was previously scheduled in Germany. So that one had already been, and then another one had already been canceled in France as well. So Poland is a strong ally of Ukraine and has already said that the European Games, which is a multi-sport competition, will not have Russian and Belarusian athletes. So Poland went ahead and canceled their World Cup fencing event. That's what you missed over the last week. So now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Um, Starting out, we only have three MLB games on TV this week, so a light baseball week. Starting Tuesday, the Padres at the Mets at 610 on TBS. Then Saturday, catch the Brewers at the Padres at 305 on Fox Sports 1. And then Sunday, the Texas teams battle it out. The Rangers at the Astros at 6 on ESPN. And that is it for MLB on regular scheduled programming. Unlike what we have in uh, NCAA baseball and softball, as we have quite a number of ranked versus ranked matchups, starting on Tuesday in the world of softball, number one, Oklahoma versus number 11, LSU at six on ESPN two. Then baseball, number 10, Kentucky versus number 18, Louisville at 6 p.m. on ACC. 
And actually that just got postponed. So never mind. That game is, is going to be um, postponed at the moment. So do not watch that game. Wednesday, also catch another game versus number one, Oklahoma in softball versus number 11, LSU at 430. That one will be on ESPNU, followed by another great matchup in the softball world, number five, Tennessee versus number 17, VTech at 630, also on ESPNU. Thursday, catch baseball number 20, Miami, versus number 13, UNC, at 6 on ACC. Or if you're an SEC fan, go over to the SEC Network for number 10, Kentucky, versus number 1, LSU, also at 6. Friday, we have a full slate of ranked versus ranked matchups, starting with softball number 11, LSU. They have a hard week this week facing number 1, Oklahoma, and then turning around on Friday and playing number 23, Auburn. They will play at 5 on SEC Network. Then we have a couple of ranked versus ranked baseball matchups. Number 20, Miami versus number 13, UNC again. They will play at 5 this time on ESPNU. Then another one is number 11, Tennessee versus number 5, Arkansas at, five, at 7 p.m. on SEC Network. Then to finish out the week with two ranked softball games, number five, Tennessee versus number 15, Kentucky at 1 p.m. on ESPN2, followed by number 11, LSU versus number 23, Auburn again at three on ESPN2 as well. All right, so now we are in playoffs for the NBA. So no games on tonight, Monday, but on Tuesday we start play-in games. So we'll start with the Hawks at the Heat at 6.30 on TNT. That one is a win and you're in versus the Celtics. Then another play-in game that same night, the Timberwolves at the Lakers at 9 p.m. on TNT. Again, it's win and you're in. You will go on to play the Grizzlies. On Wednesday, we have the 9 versus 10 ranked teams in each conference playing in as well. Wednesday, that is the playing game, the Bulls versus the Raptors at 6 on ESPN, and then followed by the Thunder at the Pelicans at 8.30. So the winner goes on to play the loser of Tuesday's games, and the loser goes home. So that means on Friday, you get the final play in games again it's the winners of the uh, nine versus ten and the loser of the seven v eight matchups so those teams are obviously tbd at this point and they're also at times of tbd on tnt and espn i will try to update the blog as soon as i see those times when they get updated then on Saturday, it is the first round begins, and we have three games in the East. The Nets at the 76ers will begin the day at noon on ESPN, followed by the TBD team at the Celtics at 2.30 on ESPN, and then the Knicks at the Cavaliers at 5, also on ESPN. Those are the games in the East that day, and then followed by one game in the West, the Warriors at the Kings at 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Then on Sunday, we have one game in the East and then three games in the West. So the game in the East is a TBD team at the Bucks at TBD on TBD. <laughs> so not a lot of times and channels at this point. Um, three games in the West that day will be a to-be-determined team at the Nuggets and then a to-be-determined team at the Grizzlies. And then final game that day will be the Clippers at the Suns. Again, all those times and channels are TBD. I will update those as soon as I see that they get updated. 
We do have football games this weekend, and the starting, we do have XFL, as always, but we also, it is the beginning of the USFL season. So, the XFL games, we've got two on Saturday, the Vegas Vipers at the Houston Roughnecks at 1130 on ABC, followed by the Guardians at San Antonio versus at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. The USFL begins their season with the Philadelphia Stars versus the Memphis Showboats at 3.30 p.m. on Fox. That's a hilarious name. I did not know that's what they were called. Um, and then the other game that day for the USFL is the New Jersey Generals versus the Birmingham Stallions at 6.30 p.m. on Fox. Sunday. Arling, uh, XFL starts with the Arlington Renegades at the D.C. Defenders at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Then we have a USFL game. So if you're torn, you can try it both at 11 a.m. and flip between the two. So the USFL will be the Michigan Panthers versus the Houston Gramblers also at 11 a.m. That will be on NBC. The XFL Seattle Sea Dragons versus the St. Louis Battle Hawks will play at 2 on ESPN. And then the Pittsburgh Maulers versus the New Orleans Breakers at 530 p.m. on Fox Sports 1 for the final opening weekend of the USFL games. The PGA Tour is back in action, but with a normal PGA Tour round, the RBC Heritage will begin on Thursday. You can catch that at 2 p.m. on Golf Channel. Round two will be on Friday, again at 2. Saturday, catch the third round at 11 a.m. on Golf Channel, and then it flips over to CBS at 2 o'clock. Same for the final round will be Sunday of the RBC Heritage. Final round at 11 a.m. on Golf Channel, and then moving over to CBS at 2. I will go ahead and say the hockey games as I always do because it is the final week of season. So the Maple Leafs at the Panthers at six on Hulu. This is five in the fifth in the East versus seventh in the East. So a playoff chance in, is at stake in that game. Then the Wild at the Blackhawks at 830 on ESPN. Tuesday, catch the Maple Leafs at the Lightning at six on ESPN. That is five versus six in the east and the maple leafs have five versus seven the day before so they've got their work cut out for them this week then you follow that with the oilers at the avalanche at 8 30 p.m on espn that is second versus third in the west on wednesday catch the stars at the blues at 6 30 on tnt followed by the sharks at the flames at nine and then rounding out the week and the regular season is the Blues at the Stars at 7 on ESPN, followed by the Golden Knights at the Kraken at 9 on ESPN. That is two playoff teams in the West to round out the year. Also in Olympic sports this week, we do have NCAA Women's Championships, and you can catch that on TV starting on Thursday. Semifinals, afternoon session at 2 p.m. on ESPN2. That will feature Florida, Cal, LSU, and Denver. Then the NCAA Women's Championship evening session at 8 on ESPN2 features UCLA, Oklahoma, Utah, and Kentucky. The final will take place on Saturday. This will be for all the marbles and the national championship. You can catch that at 3 p.m. on ABC, and a replay will play on Sunday at 8 on ESPNU. I also don't usually say anything about soccer, but we do have a women's international friendly Tuesday night U.S. United States versus Ireland at 6.30 p.m. If you have HBO Max, that's where you can catch that game. That wraps it up for me this week. Like I said, I will try to keep you all up to date once the NBA releases the um, channels and times of those games, as well as the teams that have the play in games and when they advance. Check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more times and games. 
and I will catch y'all next week.